0: Everybody glad you're here, thanks uh, for those of you joining us online, and if you're at home or in the room, please pray for me while I talk. I'm not supposed to be here uh, doing this right now. Uh, It was Jake's turn to preach, and so uh, when I was talking to my mom and dad on Wednesday night, my mom's like, "Uh, can you come visit us tomorrow? And I said, yeah, Jake's preaching this weekend. My mom's like, how long can you stay? Now is that like a mom or what? I said, okay, we'll come tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, we'll stay all day Friday, and then leave Saturday to be back in time for Saturday night church. And um, so we were pretty jazzed about it. It's a last minute plan, but uh, the next morning we got packed up out on the road, and as I'm driving down I-90, I decide to uh, call my son, Jake, and uh, just let him know that his mom and I are gonna be out of town for a few days. Well, when I, when he answers the phone and I listen, it sounds like a sick frog. Well, ah, yeah. I think he has the frog flu. Um, But he said he's been sick, he's really sick, he's tested multiple times for COVID, it's not COVID, he just has this really, really bad bug. And so I'm like, oh great. And so we began to discuss what would be the best option for this weekend, how we could best uh, serve you. And we decided it would be best for him to stay home and rest, and I would get the truck turned around and get back, get to my office. And I want to tell you, this is a major stressor for me, because I like to start preparing for a talk on Monday. I want to do the Hebrew. I want to do the Greek. And this text I have today has both Hebrew and Greek in it. I want to look at every English version I can, Get a picture of what's going on from every angle I can. I want to work on it all week. I'm not going to get to my office till Thursday afternoon. So it just feels like pressure, pressure, pressure. But that was not the greatest stressor. I took the State Street exit off I-90 into Rockford, pulled into a gas station, parked, and called my parents. My mom answered the phone. Are you on the road? Yeah, but mom, what time do you think you'll get there? Mom. Jake's sick. I think I need to preach. I want to tell you, it was a tearful conversation. And it's not easy for me being on this side of the phone and listening to my mom cry. But finally, uh, she said, Well, you go preach, and uh, your dad and I will pray. So Deb and I headed for home. I hit the office, I hit the books. I wanted to sit in God's presence, hear his voice, and then share with you what what he said to me. Now, I didn't share that with you to let you know that I have understanding of parents. uh, Because right now, I think my name is being scratched out of the will. Um, And I don't think that I'm a better communicator than my son. I am in awe of how God uses Jake to compellingly communicate uh, the goodness of Uh, of Jesus, but I think all this happened, not Jake necessarily getting sick, but I think the disruption, our plans were disrupted. We had this moment planned for months, not with me being here, and with the text I'm bringing you today, but with Jake being here, and the text that he had prepared. But God disrupted our plans. He disrupted a, a trip to see my parents. He disrupted Jake's life. And so I'm here, but I believe that it all happened with you in mind. It was for, this is all for you. And maybe you're like, oh, come on, man, that's church talk. Your son is just sick and you're just getting to preach. Just a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe that God is sovereign. I don't think he made my son sick, but I believe that he orchestrates, he maneuvers, he arranges in our lives for our purpose. And so he has maneuvered me to be here. He's orchestrated for you to be present today. And he is arranging in this moment to speak into your heart the next step he wants you to take in relationship with him. That's what this is all about. You see, there are times when God disrupts our lives by calling an audible. And here's the deal. When God calls an audible, the smartest thing to do is to follow His plan. Now, if you're not a football fan, uh, you probably know that quarterbacks huddle up with their team and they call a play. When they get up to the line of scrimmage and look at the defense, if they think the play is not gonna work and there's a better play that would take advantage of maybe a a weakness on the other side of the line, they call an audible. And they want every man or every woman, if you will, uh, playing to get the audible. They want them to execute a different play. And if the players... Listen, because here's the deal for you. God is audibling in your life all the time, because we all drift. So He wants to realign us with joy. He wants to realign us with peace. He wants to realign us out of worry and into a stronger relationship with Him. So he's always audibling. We might ignore it, we might reject it, we might deny it, but God is speaking disruptive plans in your life. And we need the disruptions because when we get back on his plan, when we get back into his dream for our life, man, it's so fulfilling. It, it, it doesn't just border on adventuresome. It is exciting to live out the dream of God for our lives. And so when he calls an audible, when there's a disruption, smartest thing to do, turn the truck around, hit the office at the last minute, hit the books, And do what God is calling you to do. And and I'm, you know, I say this and I'm confident of it, not because I'm like psychic and know that God is at work or got this sixth sense, but I see this pattern repeated over and over in the Bible, particularly in the book of Acts. Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament, And in Acts, the book of Acts, nine different times this very situation unfolds where person A is over here and God disrupts their life. And person B is over here and God disrupts their life and he brings the two together for his wonderful purpose. And I believe that's why you are here. There were other things you could have been doing. You could have said, oh, it's too cold. But he brought you here. You said yes. You followed the audible, and I believe that he has you here this morning so that he could speak into your life the next step he wants you to take in alignment with his will and his way for your life. So let me introduce you to a man this morning. He's one of the instances in the book of Acts. Here's his story. His name is Philip. God's angel That's kind of weird, isn't it? God's angel spoke to Philip. Now, what's up with that? Now, me, I believe Philip, I believe it's early in the morning. And he's praying, like, God, what do you want me to do today? I do whatever you want to do. What do you want me to do? And God sends an angel. An angel, the purpose of an angel is to deliver God's message. The angel brings God's message. Well, this is the New Testament portion of the Bible right here. Now, we believe the whole Bible, but I'm just telling you, we've got the message of Jesus right here. Now, I believe Jesus is everywhere in all of it, but because we have this, we don't necessarily need angels. Here's the deal. Philip had this, but he did not have the New Testament part of the Bible like we do. God sent an angel to disrupt Philip's day, and this, man, the point of the words of Jesus is to disrupt our lives. I mean, there are times when our marriages get in a bad place and they need to be disrupted by the truth of God's word. There's times when our finances get in a bad place and the way to get them into a good place is to allow God's word to disrupt how we've been doing money. Our emotions can get in a bad place. So we we need to experience disruption so we can get to hope and peace and joy. Philip didn't have this. So God sends an angel. This was not unusual in Philip's day. I mean, the, the father. Uh, God sent an angel to the father of John the Baptist. God sent an angel to Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, and because her betrothed, her intended Joseph was so slow, God had to send three different angels to him. Um, he sent an angel to Peter to cause a jailbreak. But this is the pattern, and, and God sends an angel. To Philip and here's what the angel says he says go over to the road do you, want, you, know, you want to know what God wants you to do today go over to the road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza and arrive there around noon no that's not much he's got a place and he's got a time but he's willing to go with what God gives and Maybe you've come today and you feel like, man, there's, it would be great to have some guidance for my family. It would be great right now to have some guidance in my job or guidance in my, this class I'm in at school or guidance in our finances. Or somebody's got to guide me out of this emotional maze and these mental health issues. I need guidance. Well, well, I, I believe that God will guide you, but only one step at a time. I can't find a time when he gives a whole picture to anybody. It's like, take this step, and when I see you obey on this step, I'll give you another step. When I see you obey on that step, I'll give you another step. And every step is closer to his dream for our lives. Every step is more aligned with his plan for our lives. God will guide you. Let's put that on the screen, please. God will guide you, but only one step. At the time, you see, he's waiting for you to take action. So I wanted to ask you this morning, what is the next step you need to take in your relationship with God? I mean, is it to serve somebody? Is it in your finances? Is it in your marriage? Is it in your parenting? What action is he calling you to do today? Let's look at the text. Here's what it was for Philip. Well, Philip, he didn't argue with the angel. He doesn't make excuses in front of the angel. He takes action, he got up and went. And who, when he did, check this out, who should be coming down the road but the treasurer of Ethiopian, a eunuch, say eunuch. Eunuch, Eunuch, a eunuch of great authority under Candace the queen, now eunuch. God loved eunuchs, we see his love for eunuchs in the Old Testament, the New Testament. A eunuch was a slave, but a special kind of slave. A eunuch started his slavery in the harem, and so he was castrated so he wouldn't mess with the harem girls, but this eunuch was so incredible, was so intelligent, was so responsible that he had risen, he had been elevated to the second position of power in the land, He's been elevated to be the treasure. He is so trustworthy. She allows him to go on a 500-mile journey that she doesn't even get, but she knows she can trust him. Elevated to be treasure to the queen of Egypt. How do I know he's on a 500-mile journey? The text goes on. Scripture says he had gone to Jerusalem, 500 miles from Ethiopia to Jerusalem. Why had he gone there? He had gone there to worship Because he just feels so restless. There's this emptiness within him. There's this hole in his heart. And this is such wisdom. Because if you're hurting, you can worship your way to healing. If you're broken, you can worship your way to wholeness. If you're uncertain, you you can worship your way to clarity and certainty so he went to worship and was now returning. He'd made the 500 trip, 500 mile trip, worship. Now he's coming back in his chariot. Now when you think chariot, don't think Ben-Hur. Think stagecoach. This is a covered conveyance, a vehicle that's covered. He's seated. He's riding as horses, donkeys, elephants. I don't know. Something's pulling him. And he's got his entourage with him. He's riding in his chariot. And look what he's doing. He is reading aloud from the book of Isaiah. Now, Isaiah, that's in the Old Testament part of the Bible. It was written 700 years before the birth of Jesus. He's reading Isaiah and he's reading it aloud because it's not written in his native language. It's likely written in Greek, it's the Hebrew scripture. Old Testament written in Hebrew, but it was translated into Greek called the Septuagint, and he's, read, he's reading it aloud to try to figure out what the heck the Word of God says. I want you to see what happens next. It takes this thing to a whole new level. Check it out. So the Holy Spirit said to Philip, I want you to catch the shift from an angel on the outside, coming to Philip, to the spirit of the living God on the inside, speaking to Philip. This is the spirit of God speaking to Philip. Philip had the Holy Spirit in him, just like I had the Holy Spirit in me. If you've surrendered your life to Jesus, I mean here, this year, I don't know how many... And by September, we were approaching 100 people baptized, but since then, it's been every week, every week, every week. It's been like 12 or 13 weeks I've lost track that someone has surrendered their life to Jesus. It's already happened this weekend. It'll happen at the end of the service. Maybe it'll happen for you. But when you are buried with Christ in baptism, scripture promises that you receive, you are raised up out of the water. Same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You're raised up out of the water, put your life on a whole new trajectory. But this whole new trajectory of your life, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So now the Holy Spirit, sometimes it's dramatic the way this happens. Like like for me... One dramatic instance, I'm in our living room, I'm on my knees, I've got my face in my hands. I've got my hands in my face in that, that crack, that crease in a couch cushion, you know where the cushions come together? That's where I have my face, I'm praying. I'm praying about a child in Haiti. Uh, this boy, his name was Tiblon. My wife had fallen in love, wanted to adopt him. We're 52 years old. We should be thinking about retirement. Not adoption. So I said, sweetheart, I'll give money. I'll, I'll give money. But I don't want to adopt. Well, this little boy, he broke his left femur. And the first doctor they took him to wouldn't tra- treat him because the doctor was afraid of AIDS. So they take him to a hospital. Hospitals are horrible, horrible places. In Haiti, if you go to the hospital, you've got to bring your own bed linen because you're not going to be given it. If you want food, somebody's got to make it and bring it to you because they don't provide it. You need medicine, somebody's got to go out in the street and buy it. First day this child was in the hospital, a gang member came in and shot one of the doctors. So all the doctors go on strike. So he lays there with that broken femur untreated for three weeks. So I put my, we we tried to get him out of Haiti on a medical visa. They denied us. The U.S. government denied us. So I put my face in my hands. I'm on my knees. I'm praying in my couch. Father, what should I do with this child? And I believe the Holy Spirit inside me said, make that boy your son. That was when I was 52. Now I'm 70 years old. That boy has been my son how many? That's 18 years, isn't it? His name is Wilkie. Many of you know him, and uh, because he's giving me a third grandchild, um, he's still in the will. <laughs> but that was a that was a dramatic that was a dramatic call of the Holy Spirit on my life, and I mean it was the hardest thing that Deb and I had ever done. She lived in Haiti for nine months. I mean it exhausted all of our finances. It exhausted our marriage, but God delivered. And I would, never, I would never go back, but that's, that was a remarkable way. Now, sometimes it's, you're just driving down the road in your truck, talking to your son on the phone, and the Holy Spirit says, hey, new plan. Jake stays in bed. Jake rests. You get back, and I'll give you a talk. Here's what the Holy Spirit spoke to Philip. You see, the Spirit confirm, confirms the message by revealing your next step If you believe this, if you believe the words of Jesus, the Holy Spirit confirms what he says about your marriage, about your money, about your emotions, and you take the next step into his dream for your life. Here's what happens in the text. The Holy Spirit says, go over to that chariot. See that chariot? You go right over there. So he did, running alongside. Philip heard the eunuch reading Isaiah and asked, dude, you're reading like a first grader. Do you understand this? And he said, how can I without some help? Now, this is why I would study the Greek. The force uh, uh, of the language of the Greek is that this guy has been looking for, for help all the way from Ethiopia to Jerusalem, found no help. Hey, somebody help me with this Isaiah deal. Is he talking about himself? Is he talking about somebody else? And he didn't get any help in Jerusalem. So now he's on the way home. And oh my gosh, here's a guy that wants to give me help. And you see... You may not be like that unit guy, but you need God's help. It might be in your marriage that you need God's help. It might be in your finances. It might be in your emotions. We all need God's help, and God provides all the help we need. When we follow, when we listen to his audibles, when we allow our lives to be disrupted, he gives us all the help we need. All we gotta do is take the first step And receive the help for that step. And then take the next step. Step by step, he gives us all the help we need. Well, here's what happened. The eunuch invited Philip into his chariot um, with him. And the passage of scripture he had been reading was this. This is Isaiah 53. Now, those of us who uh, have been Jesus followers for a while, we know that this text is all about Jesus and his suffering in our behalf for our sins. So I'll just read it the way it was intended Um, Jesus was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before its shearers, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. What does that mean? That means when he was dragged illegally into court, it was unfair, it was not right, and here was the humiliation. He was clubbed in the head again and again and again. His hands are bound. His face is beaten beyond recognition. Some point, at some point in all this, his beard is pulled out forcibly by the roots. That was his humiliation. He surrendered himself to that big time disruption. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Now who can express the wickedness Of the people of this generation. For his life was taken up from the earth on a cross. And the eunuch asked Philip. Hey was Isaiah talking about himself? Or or, or somebody else? Now that question. That was like a a wide open door for Philip to step through. With the difference that Jesus had made in his life. And I got to tell you something guys. There are doors being opened in your life all over this church. I, can, I didn't anticipate this. I couldn't believe it when it happened, but 685 of you guys took these bracelets and said, Jesus changes everything. You didn't just take the bracelets to wear you took the information packs to share with friends and family and neighbors about how Jesus changes everything. You're just being Philip's. Doors are going to be open to you in the lives of neighbors and friends and coworkers and family members, and you'll just do what Philip did. This is what Jesus did for me. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to argue about anything because it's your story. This is how Jesus changed everything. Here's how Philip did it. So Philip began with the same scripture, Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53. And then used many others to tell him about Jesus. Now, I would guess that he goes on in Isaiah. He says, hey, guy, you got to read more of this. Check it out. Here's more of Isaiah 53. Because of our sins, Jesus was wounded. Beaten because of the evil that we each have done. and, And we're healed by the punishment he suffered. Made whole by the blows he received. All of us. We're like sheep that we're lost. Each of us going our way, doing our own thing, doing whatever we darn well pleased. But the Lord made our punishment fall on him. The punishment all of us deserve for our sin. Jesus was our substitute. He took our place. He, He got the suffering and the death we deserve for our sin. And now we get the life that he deserves, that we don't deserve. We get the super abundant life of Jesus. And evidently, I'm gonna believe that Philip went on to say, Hey, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. He came to earth through human birth, born of a virgin, didn't stay a baby. He lived and all his life, it was like all out war. Satan came against him with temptation after temptation. It was a fierce battle, but Jesus tenaciously came against all the temptations and never sinned. He knew no sin, he did no sin. He lived a sinless life and then willingly laid that life down on the cross to pay for our sins. And then God raised him from the dead. And then evidently, Philip paints a beautiful portrait, a compelling picture of baptism that we get to share in the burial of Jesus. We get to share in the resurrection of Jesus because here's what happens in the text. As they rode along, they came to a body of water. And the eunuch's like, dude, look, water. Why can't I be baptized? Is it because I'm not a Jew like you? Is it because my skin is black? Is it because I'm not a whole man? And Philip said, like, it's not about religion. It's not about any kind of outside stuff. It's about your heart. You can, Philip says, you can. You can be baptized if you believe with all your heart. And it's like the, 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 the eunuch just blurts out, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And all those people, all these weeks, all this year, who've been baptized, they say the same thing. Because Jesus made a promise. I tell them, hey, you know what? Right now, Jesus is on tiptoe watching you. He's ready to shout your name out in heaven before God the Father and all the angels because he made you this promise. If you will confess publicly that you know me, I will confess that I know you before my Father who's in heaven. And so they say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So here's what happened. They went down into the water. You see like pouring a little bit of water on somebody's head or sprinkling a baby that hadn't been invented yet. That was invented years and centuries later made up by a bunch of people in a committee. So be scared of committees. They went down into the water. The only kind of baptism that existed at that time was burial. You're sharing in the death burial and resurrection so they had to go down into the water not just to that down into the water and Philip baptized him he disrupt the eunuch's life disrupted Philip's day brought the two together for God's purpose just like God has brought you here for his purpose the eunuch goes on his way scripture says rejoicing and Philip he gets to go on another adventure with God And so I I didn't know anything when I turned my truck around on I-90 and headed for home and then the office about what God would have me say to you. I just knew that I had to invite you one more time to experience Jesus fully in the beauty and power of baptism. Um, In fact, I'd like to pray the goodness of God over each of you right now. If you'd stand with me, please. I know I've stopped and prayed um, with pregnant moms this weekend and people who've lost loved ones and people who are struggling with cancer. And I'm grateful to always have those personal prayers when you're here and I come around to shake your hand or get a hug from you. But these prayers are important too. As I call down the goodness of God on this church family, If you're at home online, receive this prayer blessing because I know that wherever you are right now, you're ready to make an excuse about not being baptized. You're ready to argue with the spirit of the living God who's calling you. And so I want to come against those excuses and those arguments. Would you bow with me, please? Father, in just a moment, I'm going to invite people to the front as we do each week because you said this is what you call us to do. Go and make disciples of all people groups, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, would you come and fill this place with your Holy Spirit? Would you draw people to yourself? We don't really need an angel because we have your word. We have the word of Jesus who said, he that believes, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Sins forgiven. The past behind them. The baggage buried. Guilt and shame cleansed away, raised up new, a new creation, the old gone, the new come. Would you bring people to yourself, Lord Jesus? Disrupt their hearts right now. Bring them into peace. Bring them into joy. Bring them into forgiveness. Bring them into cleansing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wired podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week.